Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Comic Book Nerd. I am Eric and with me as always... Jeremy, kind of. Kind of here. It's a little rocky. It's touch and go. But we're gonna we're gonna make it. Jeremy's Jeremy's fighting. Fighting Jeremy something. is Jeremy con crud. Con crud oh oh right. The uh because of uh your little uh work vacation you yeah. just took, which we will we will get into, I promise. I know that's why everybody's here today is for Jeremy's Comic Con stories and we will get into that. We're gonna start with the actual books that came out over the last couple of weeks. Sticking to a promise we made you. We swore on this show that we would read Every single Rebirth and number one book from DC throughout the whole DC Rebirth relaunch. And we have stuck true to that word so far. And it hasn't always been easy. There's been some tough going years. We'll get to some in a little bit. But, uh, but we have kept our promise to you, and we are going to continue keeping that promise today. So let's start talking some DC. We open the show uh, with, uh, with DC Comics here. And we start with uh, – let's start with this one just in – no particular order. Uh, a new rebirth book that is out, and that would be Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth, number one. And uh, of course, the creative team on that is someone that I don't remember <laughs> off the top of my head because I am a professional. Julie Benson, writer and artist Claire Rowe. Uh, your thoughts on the book? Um, I don't really feel like we can talk about this one without also talking about Batgirl at the same time. All right, let's double but, down. Uh... As far as those two books are concerned, Batgirl is definitely much better. I would agree. Um, I am not feeling the new Huntress stuff. Yeah, yeah. In Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, I don't like the new Huntress. I think I, mean, I don't find her interesting. I don't. I I didn't like Grayson when it was running, so I already didn't like the character. But now, now that I've read this book, I, I mean. What reason is, what reason is there for the Birds of Prey to exist? It exactly. feels like, yeah. Now I um I I have been uh, I I you know admittedly with a lot of this DC stuff some of the I mean I know, uh, you know I know the characters for the most part but a lot of this is is I'm coming into it uh, you know as the new fan in a lot of this I don't have a lot of of previous history and experience with this book, or with a lot of these characters. But now that said, my brother is a lifelong Batgirler or whatever you would call someone that's a big fan of Batgirl. Uh, and he, uh, actually went to the exact same issue you had with it. He was not a fan. He, he liked it, but he did not. He immediate, immediate thoughts on it was not a fan of the new hunters, not a fan of, of, of working that into it. Um, so, you know, it seems to be a universal sentiment. Um, yeah, Batgirl and the birds of prey. I just thought I, uh, I, I kind of got confused a little too with some of the killing joke stuff that was in it. I mean, but that's just sort of the continuity. Well, I mean, it was that know, in continuity it, in new 52. No, it, it was, then it was, they couldn't, they haven't been able to decide for 20 years. if Killing joke is in continuity, Exactly. but now I guess it is. So for right now, yes, it is more on the killing joke later. But oh, anyways, <laughs> but, but Batgirl again, Batgirl number That's one. That's an actual pretty good tease. Right? Batgirl number one, uh, Hope Larson and Dave McKaig. Um, interesting concept. This particular issue, I was just thought it was like, okay, okay let, let's, you know, let's see where it goes. Um, interesting concept. Batgirl leaving uh, Burnside and is, uh, is hoofing it through uh, Southeast Asia. So we get her going on her sort of kung fu on foot quest through the you know to learn her 
life and stuff. But um, and investigating an old uh, hero that is a, a similar um, archetype to Batgirl, um, but very very old. So then it, it it that that one I think is, is um, has potential to go interesting places. First issue was fine, but um, you know really interested to see how the rest of the arc plays out. And I agree with you, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. I, I I don't I don't feel like we needed the Birds of Prey. I, I I mean she has her own book, so it's another thing where it's like is she in China or is she in you know Gotham or whatever. Um, I guess yeah, both. I, so. And she's also been in Nightwing already. And, right. But it's it's like, I like the Batgirl book quite a bit. Uh, Raphael Albuquerque is like drew the hell out of it. And I really like that she's she's backpacking around. She's digging into, like, learning. Oh, that was Albuquerque on the art. My bad. Yeah. I, I just pointed out the colorist. But I know, I, I remembered reading <laughs> and seeing that. All of a sudden, I was like, wait, I saw Albuquerque this week. Where was he? And was, yeah, that's my bad. But, but yeah, uh, no, Albuquerque art was really good. Yeah, and I just like I like what they're doing with her, like taking her out of Burnside, taking her out of Gotham, and having her like just follow her own path and do her own thing. I, I I'm all for that. Right. Yeah. I I yeah. I, I love seeing her doing her own thing and, and getting her own spotlight there. I think it's really interesting. Again, excited to see where that one's uh, that one's gonna play out. Let's see what what else did we have in our in our old bag of rebirth here. Let me. Uh, Let's uh let's yeah let's jump into this or no you know what let's let's do something we didn't like first Hellblazer Rebirth number one you know I've I've decided I'm a huge Hellblazer John Constantine fan I I have the entire run of the Vertigo series in single issue I've been buying the trade paperback collections DC has been putting out reprinting the entire series in chronological order including one shots and whatnot I read the whole run like on average once a year deep. Mainstream DC Comics, John Constantine is just not for me. Yeah, it it just I was it having doesn't a work. really hard time. It just doesn't work. I don't like it at all. It just more I, I, Morita, I, I think that's how you say it, was a really poor choice of artists for this material. Yeah. I I didn't like the look of the book at all. I I, I read this sitting in line the first time at Comic Con. Um, waiting to get in on preview night, and like nine pages in, I just closed the book and I looked at the guys next to me. I was like, "Does somebody want this?" Yeah, I, and I, I literally gave my copy away. I really, I'll be honest with you. I got it. It's, it's pretty much the same story for me. I got about halfway through when I started getting into skim mode. It was just uh, like I. I mean, just that we open right into this situation where I have no idea what's going on. I have no investment, and it's just. Uh, the pacing was weird. The the narrative of it was weird. I, I the art wasn't wasn't very good for for this style. It just it just didn't do it for me. It just so yeah. I would say it's the first it's the first rebirth book that really didn't make me at least interested in seeing where it's gonna go. I can safely say I we'll see. I might still read number one just for the sake of feeling like I want to keep my streak of rebirths and number ones going. But yeah. other than that, it makes me not motivated for number two. Let's, yeah, I've, let's put it that There's way. a few um, Rebirth books I've already just decided aren't I don't like and I've stopped reading. Like both Green Arrow and Green Lanterns. I'm, I'm not reading yeah, I'm not reading Green those. Um, I'm not gonna I don't know if I'm gonna keep going Nightwing. I haven't really enjoyed it all that much. Let's talk Nightwing then, because number yeah. one just came out. I, I feel the same way. It wasn't really 
it, it wasn't really doing anything for I me. I like the Court of Owls when Scott Snyder is writing yes. the Court of Owls. I, as soon as he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm working for the Court of Owls, like, undercover, and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. It, it, it took away because the Court of Owls was so scary and intimidating in Snyder's run of Batman because it, was, it, 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 it pretty much spooked Batman. And it's like, how scary is something that's, that's keeping Batman off of his game? That's something yeah. that's freaking Batman out. And now here it is that Nightwing's just like, oh, I'm going to sneak on in and, you know, take him down from the inside. Yeah, it's like, I, I, and then we got teased in the rebirth with Yannick Paquette drawing it, and now it's not him, and now I'm just reading the book wishing that he was the one drawing it. So yeah. I don't know if I'm going to keep up with that one. Um, Justice League, you know, I like Tony Daniel as an artist, that's fine, but like I don't. Brian Hitch just introduces these giant, like cosmic level things, and I don't feel like it's gonna pay off at all. But that's the thing about Justice League: one story arc could be terrible, and the next one will be genius. Right. That's how the New Fifty Two book was. So I mean, I'll probably stick with Justice League, but it's not hold. It's not holding my attention very well. I do like the way he is writing. Jessica and Simon as Green Lanterns. I don't like more so than Sam Humphreys. Yeah, agreed. I, I, and what I like, you know how much I love. Oh, I Sam. know you love. So Sam it's Humphreys. like, geez, right? So that's so that's really saying something. I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's yeah, it, it's not off to the best the best start. Like this first story so far is just kind of like eh, okay, but but again, like you're right, it's also hard because it's such you know that that last this last run by Jeff Johns was phenomenal it, you know it, it was most of it most Some of it, it right, was right, not right. phenomenal right but especially like the dark side war stuff you know letting him tell it at his own pace in his own way and putting wonder woman as the main narrative character you know just really interesting choices and and, and really good stuff so so we'll see you know but but yeah it, it's justice league so i have belief that it will you know uh level out and find its footing eventually but um you know we'll have to wait and see on that uh, what else? Oh yeah, let's let's go with this one now. Now I kept I could not help but put this as a juxtaposition to Nightwing and compare Nightwing to this, which made me look at Nightwing unfavorably because I really enjoyed this Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth number one. Um, I thought that one was really good. There wasn't so much Outlaws in this one. It was pretty much just uh, if you don't know who Red Hood is, here's who Red Hood is, and telling the story of Tim Drake yeah, and Batman, which... meeting up with Batman and all that. Which, since I know all of that stuff already, I was like, "This, I don't like this." But that's because I just I want to know how Bizarro fits in because I love Bizarro. Right. So I was like, "Oh, Jason, here's Jason Todd's story." Well, or yeah, Jason Todd. I said Tim Drake, didn't I? Oops, my bad. Yeah. There's so many Robins. Tim Drake is Red Robin. I knew. I know that because the burgers. But um, no, yeah, <laughs> it's my bad. Jason Todd. That's right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but Jason, Jason Todd. I thought I thought it was really interesting. Um, as someone not super familiar. Uh, with with why he I did I, I didn't really know much of of his Red Hood career as the Red Hood, um, so I, this was a really good introductory issue as to here's what he is and here's his role in the in the DC Rebirth universe, a guy who's kind of doing the things Batman can't do because Batman can't go you know that far and and um, so it's 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 you know it's 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 really interesting and again the only thing about it is this Rebirth featured not, like none of whatever the outlaws are. So it was pretty much just Red Hood. So it was like, if you don't know who Red Hood is, pick this up and you will know who the Red Hood is. 
And now we'll see how it goes with number one because it's, it'll be a different dynamic in number one because he's not a solo character. He's he's going to have a team. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much that changes the dynamic. But so far, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. And one other Rebirth book since last we spoke, and that would be a new number one, and that would be Titans number one, having just come out last week. And uh, that was definitely – it's definitely a big one. It looks like this will be a big series in general um, because, again, we open with our third telling of <laughs> Kid Flash, Wally West, being brought into this world by communicating with the Flash, Barry Allen. Um, and it really seems like this book in general is going to, because of it including um, Wally West, it really seems like it's going to be the most rebirth book of of all the books out there right now. The one that seems to be getting into it and dealing with it the most as we get closer to the showdown or confrontation or whatever will happen with with Dr. Manhattan and however that's going to play out in the DC universe. So um, I really enjoy that. It feels like this this is almost it's it's almost like in a in some way it's almost like the main book of DC Rebirth um, in that in that sense. But um, so I really I really, I, I really don't like the way that it, it, for me it was uneven. You can I I can tell that they really like Wally West. Yeah. But like some of the other carrot like Connor is written horribly in this book. He just has a backwards baseball cap on and he's saying things he's like he's like Poochie on the Simpsons almost. He's like, Hey cool bro, what are we doing? Man? Oh, hey, I know. Yo. Yeah, I couldn't so, stand I'm like, the sunglasses like, what and the, the hat hell? and just Yeah. Right. It's just like uh I don't yeah. It, it was really written like dude, you know, style, whatever. But um yeah, I don't know. As someone who does, again, I've said before, I don't have much investment in in the Titans um, per se. I Titans Rebirth, I thought was was it really didn't mean much to me because I'm not for, I I don't I don't have familiar you know I'm not familiar with the history of them. But as someone coming into it with DC Rebirth, I think that is the one thing that really makes gives me interest in this book and makes me want to continue to read the book. Is all right, where are we going? Because we've got the guy with the knowledge of the past. And everything is is here, so let's see where he's going to go, and and where they're going to take it. Yeah, so, I'm still going to read it, but it's right. it's on thin ice. Yeah, not the best, not the best me. characterizations. It didn't. Yeah, it just felt like I don't know. It felt weird. Like even Nightwing there, and he's just like making fun of him, like for like, oh, he's thinking he's like, of a girl. He, he like, likes. He's. I he may have also done it. I can't remember now. When he like, it basically, I was waiting for a panel of him giving him nookies. Right, it did just seem like it was very just like, dude, like, oh man, Wally's end of the world is here, and Wally's thinking of a girl. What? Like, they're just gonna give him a wedgie or something? Yeah. Was... So, um, yeah, and then like uh, this week we had Suicide Squad and Harley. We'll talk about next week. Yes. Um, and we'll probably and we'll Squad. we'll talk about the Suicide Squad movie next week. I'm seeing it tomorrow. Awesome. We'll see if the reviews are right. Is this a uh, the Rotten Tomatoes DC bias coming out again? I had to explain to somebody at the comic book shop today that Rotten Tomatoes isn't like one guy. Exactly. I'm like, it's not a guy or a girl. It's it's all. It's everybody. So I just find hilarious. Someone, there's a petition with 15,000 signatures right now, which to put that into perspective, it's not as much as you'd think because I saw a petition earlier today. That is asking to change the name of Fire Ants to Spicy Boys, and that is at up over sixty thousand signatures. <laughs> so just to put that put that into some perspective for you, uh, all of that crazy. Oh, Marvel's paying off. Just shut up, you guys are. That 
No, that makes no sense. Because you're talking about it's, a whole system of reviews. It's, it's, it's an so aggregate site. It's, it's, it's so, so, so stupid. I All, mean, the, the reviewers, uh, I'm sh- certainly they compare it to a lot of Marvel stuff because Marvel has a proven track record in the movies right now. So, yeah, like people want to take – I saw someone taking excerpts from reviews where someone said, oh, it doesn't really stack up to what Marvel did with Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, but that's not this reviewer coming in with a bias of like, oh, DC sucks. That's – No, that's com- using Marvel's other big ensemble movie, which, by the way, Suicide Squad in tone is going for. Exactly. This is right. the Guardians because this is them trying to do weird. Like this is like here's our weird ensemble movie. And so it's 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 hard not to with all of the that. pop music you know and love, right? Exactly, but awesome mix of all you. Oops, sorry, wrong wrong franchise. But no, yeah, it, it it exactly. It's just you know, the DC cinematic universe isn't necessarily getting off the ground as well as one would would hope, and the reviewers are reviewing it that that way. It's it's got nothing to do with with Marvel. It's just you know. It's it's where we are, and it's unfortunate because I, I I feel like every couple of days I think about Batman versus Superman, and I just get really disappointed. So I'm like, God, <laughs> I wish it was better. But anyways, let's talk about, since we're starting to talk about some of these movies, let's talk about some trailers and stuff that came out of Comic-Con. Um, yeah. Not much new Suicide Squad, obviously, because the movie is uh, pretty much here. But um, we'll start on the DC side. Yeah, um, DC dropping two big trailers out there. Um, and we'll start with Wonder Woman. I awesome. loved that trailer. The score yep. coming in at the end, it had some humorous moments. It had good action. It has amazing-looking set pieces. Uh, the costumes look awesome. Everything about that movie, I think, looks like it's going to be really good. Completely agree. I had no problem whatsoever with that trailer. Yeah, I thought it was probably the best movie trailer, I think, that came out of Comic-Con. Um Probably. And, no, it um, is. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. Uh, the other one coming out of DC was a surprise. No one was really expecting this. I did. Well, you did, but we have our first <laughs> Justice League teaser. Um, no Superman, obviously, in it because he's dead, but we see Aquaman for Spoilers. the first time. Oh, that's from March. Go see the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways... We have uh, uh, we get to see Aquaman for the first time. We get to see Cyborg for the first time. We get to see the Flash for the first time. How did you feel? Um, it was fine. You know, they've only been shooting. They haven't been shooting long enough to really make a decision on if it looks good or not. It, but I mean, it looks fine. It, right. It's got more levity to it. The Flash, Ezra Miller, looks like he's really going to work as the Flash. I think yeah, I think um, that was my that's probably my favorite scene. Well, my favorite scene I liked the back and forth between uh, Bruce Wayne and Diana. I thought that was pretty good when they're talking about recruiting Aquaman and he's like, "Is he with us?" And they're like, "More or less." And he's like, "More, more, or more or less." And he's, yeah, you know, that was pretty good. I that was good. Um, everybody's freaking out about the Aquaman stuff, and I was just like, "Eh, whatever." Yeah, I don't know. He just doesn't feel like Aquaman to me. But you know, I don't know. I maybe like, I'm maybe like this, nitpicking. This stupid but... fish joke. I'm just like. God, no. Yeah. It just doesn't. Just come on. I don't know. Yeah. I see that character and I just, he doesn't feel like he's Aquaman to me. Like I don't see it and I'm like, oh, that's Aquaman. But, you know, and the Flash suit, I, I honestly feel like looks better on TV than it did in the, it does so far in the movie. But anyways, so I don't know. Cyborg looks like it'll be interesting, even though he, I mean, he barely got anything in this trailer. But um, 
But no, it, it looked awesome. Got me hyped. Um, again, it looks like they're learning from Batman versus Superman because the movie looked a million shades brighter uh, than the doom and gloom of Batman versus Superman did. But again, it's one trailer. You can cut any trailer, you know, cut a trailer any way you want. But so far, uh, so good coming from the uh, DC movies uh, side of things. Now, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we got our first real. Technically, it's official trailer number two, but our first real trailer of Doctor Strange. And, uh, again, my biggest takeaway from it is visually looks friggin' nuts. Um, I, I think it's exciting. Um, look, you know, it. not much to say about it. It looked like uh, basically like the typo, typical Marvel formula, you know, but uh, with the added component of this, this visual effects to it, like Inception-style craziness. That looks like it's going to be nuts. That looks like it's going to be a good 3D movie, even though 3D movies suck. But um, how do you feel about the Doctor Strange trailer? Um, it looks good. I'm, I mean, the effects look crazy. Right. Um, it, lo- it looks like it's going to be a really out there movie, and that, I mean, that's what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like. I, I mean, I hope they really take some chances with it. You know, like get. I think they are. Get weird. Cumberbatch looks good. Everybody, everybody looks good. I, I mean, I love the costume. Um, the it doesn't feel as Inception-y. As the first little trailer did, right. So there's that. Um, yeah, it was. It it neither made me want to see it less or made me want to see it any more than I already did. Well, there you go. It was just it was just a good trailer. Speaking of the uh, Marvel side of things, now this one we're going to slap a big spoiler alert on because this was in footage that was not revealed to the public. It was just or I mean just the crowd at in uh, Hall H. Um, so this is just sort of transcribed from other people, but we have it, uh, supposedly, we have it revealed who uh, Peter Quill's father will be in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and it coincides with who Kurt Russell will be playing. And so, yes, spoiler. Pause for leaving. Okay. Anyways, uh, it would appear as if Star-Lord's father is Ego the Living Planet, um, which... Is uh, strange to say the least. Interesting. Interesting. Um, according to the description from the trailers, Ego uh, made, you know, created a human uh, avatar to experience what life as a human was like, and that avatar went to Earth and apparently boned Quill's mom, and now we have Star Lord. So, um, is that what really happened? Is are they trolling us? I have no idea, but. Um, I'm all everything I've seen so far and heard so far coming out of volume two sounds pretty damn good to me. So I'll, I'll hell I'll sign up for some ego, the living planet. I'm, I'd love, I'd love yeah, to see how James Gunn's going to do that. It's pretty damn interesting. That's for sure. Right. And Kurt Russell in on it too. I, Kurt Russell's great. And to see him play a living planet. Kurt, I'll, Kurt I'll Russell's the man. Fuck. Yeah, he is. I forgot Sylvester Stallone was in this That's movie. Right. He's in it too. Plus we have Mantis. Yeah, and like I guess there was a scene they showed Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone on screen standing next to each other doing something. That's nuts. That, uh, like just for that alone. Stallone didn't like awesome. superhero movies, but I, I mean I can't blame him necessarily for his stance on it. I remember when I, one of the – what the hell is that movie he's in with you? It was a bunch of old dudes. Um, why am I – why can't I remember it? Whatever. The, the Expendables. Expendables. Thank you. I couldn't even remember it was so bad. But – um. Hey, the first one's not terrible. Ugh, anyways, well, that's another show for another day. But he, you know, he had a point about it. He says he doesn't like superhero movies because 
he's out there doing these action movies and nobody cares anymore because you can go watch this movie and they can blow up a whole city and stuff but then you know with like fireballs and whatever so you know just complaining about superheroes and just, it was very old man get off my lawn the rant he went went on but you know stuff changes when people offer you money to be in the movies so anyways um <laughs> let's move over to the tv side of things here real quick because uh, marvel uh marvel won the tv stuff for the weekend i would i would say um coming out of netflix we have our we have a trailer for uh, um luke cage which looks awesome we have our first trailer for Iron Fist. Shows very minimal things, but looks pretty good so far. Um, we have uh, some Jessica Jones season two is like officially official. Daredevil season three was officially announced again with no date, and we have our first little teaser saying Defenders, and that was given a 2017 date, as well as Iron Fist confirming as uh, what most people thought is that next project will be Iron Fist, and then after that will be. The Defenders, and those will both be coming. Well, two wonder shows whether seventeen. I wonder when they're going to sneak in uh, Punisher. I'm starting to think that 2018 is going to have three shows. I think it's going to be Jessica Jones season two, Daredevil season three, and Punisher. That's a long time. That is a long time, but uh, that's that's my current theory is that we're going to get three shows in 2018. So, well, if that's your theory, it's got to be true. Well, there you go. I don't I don't make theories if they're going to be wrong. <laughs> but anyways, one other thing out of the TV side, and this one really surprised me. This came out a couple of weeks ago as really like a, a definitely not true grasping at straws type of rumor is uh, pictures surfaced of an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ride that was a train with a fiery chain across the... Across it wasn't a ride. It was just it was literally a trolley at San Diego. A trolley. Okay, sure. So trolley. And immediately... I almost got hit by that trolley. Did Thank you? you very much. <laughs> well, the theory, as soon as pictures first came out that it was going to be there everybody thought oh is this ghost rider and immediately everyone's like that's stupid there's no way it's ghost rider people are like okay it's the inhuman hellfire who had used a chain in the finale and i it kind of struck me as weird because i thought well why this hellfire character was just sort of some villain why would he be significant enough to be in the advertising on this trolley and no we we got our official confirmation ghost rider will be a part of agents to shield season four Robbie Reyes in his souped-up old-school Dodge Charger. Uh, so yeah, not that one. Johnny Blaze on the not motorcycle. Johnny Blaze. Now, not Nicholas Cage. My question is, will we exist in a world where Johnny Blaze is established? I mean, not that Johnny Blaze is established, no. but that they established, is this going to be the first Ghost Rider? Basically, mm. or is it going to be established yes. that it's been passed down before and there's been others? I honestly don't think we're going to see Johnny Blaze anytime soon. No. I think I, I think they're just going to run with this and it's going to be... On this show, and that's it. Because, I mean, even if right. they establish race on the show, I mean, what's the point of even doing Johnny Blaze after that? Right. Thank you, Nicolas Cage. Well, now we had uh, – we had, can we do it this? Can we say we had a correspondent on the floor in, uh, in San Diego? And, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we had a correspondent on the floor in San Diego with the people uh, getting the scoop, and uh, his name is – it was you. It was me. So, <laughs> you, of course, came back. That is why we did not do a show uh, uh, last week. You were in uh, beautiful San Diego catching Pokemon. And, yeah, and then uh, the week I came back, I was in the air. So, or we did do a show the week I left, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Everything's a blur now. I don't remember. Yeah, everything's anymore. kind of a blur. It's been a long couple weeks. Yeah, it has. So, uh, uh, should we jump right into it? Should we jump right? Let's. No, jump... I don't right. want to jump right into that. But. Right. Uh, 
Um, you know, it was fun. It's always fun. Um, I attend every year as a roving reporter for the mighty bleeding Um, and this year was no different. And I got to go to a bunch of panels and I got to have, I get a lot of opportunities that a lot of people don't get. I'm very blessed that way. Hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> in that no way, filter. hashtag no filter, hashtag blessed. And, uh, you know, it's it's always a good time. This year was a little bit more subdued. Um, Hall H is definitely not what it once was. There's right. not a lot of movie stuff there. Well, they announce all the movies so far in advance now that it's like it used to be like, oh, Hall H, we have literally no idea. They could announce anything tonight. Anything could be getting a movie. Yeah, tonight. well, a lot of like Fox wasn't even like Fox didn't even do a presentation. Right. And so, I mean, it's 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 become a television con. Like the the one of the biggest things there all week was like the DC TV show panels with like arrow and flash and Supergirl and legends of tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And so all that stuff's popular and you got agents of shield and then you got stuff like supernatural and game of Thrones. That's all the, it's all pretty much, it's pretty much TV now with some movies thrown in here and there. But, uh, you know, there was, there was, there wasn't a lot of announcements this year. No, it didn't seem like there was. And I mean, even co- comic wise, there wasn't a whole lot. Right. Yeah, I don't. I can't really think of a lot of series or anything like that was announced. Because then again, I mean, you know, again, Marvel did. You know, earlier in the month, did all their stuff that's coming out with the. I don't even remember what it's called now. I wiped I mean, it from they, my mind. Whatever the new thing for Marvel is, Marvel now. That's now, right. Yeah, they announced the Secret Wars cartoon that's starring like Kamala right. Khan and all that. That was pretty. That was a pretty cool announcement. And. uh you know, they announced um, Avengers versus Inhuman or X Men versus Inhumans right, right. is going to be after Death of X. So that was kind of like you know, and all. Oh, by the way, all of the people who thought all the X Men books were gone, no, they're not. They were right there in the solicitations when they came out, along with all of the other all new, all the different Marvel now divided we stand, Secret Secret Super Duper Wars. Civil War Two Electric Boogaloo solicitations. So, so, so can we take off our tinfoil hats? Yes, there's no the X Men. The X Men books are not going anywhere. They make too much money off the X Men comics to not have an X Men imprint. So, All right, you, just you win this round. Forget Marvel. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I got. Um, there's just as much stuff to do outside of the con. I got to go um, on preview night to a press only. Uh, function inside the Game of Thrones installation. I got my face put into the Hall of Faces, and oh, nice. I got to I got to sit on the Iron Throne, and so that was pretty cool. It was pretty comfortable, actually. Oh yeah, I yeah. Heard, was... I've, I've heard uh, Gandalf's sword from Lord of the Rings is a, a replica of it, is molded into it, like the actual one. I didn't really get uh, opportunity to like really stand there and stare at it because all the reporters it. and I were like, I want to get my picture. So, right. you know, you kind of just got to get out of the way and take your turn. And, um, they had some costumes on display and you can hold staying, um, Arya's sword and all that stuff. Cool. And it was pretty cool. And, uh, got some swag. Nice. I got it. Um, they gave us a Jon Snow game of Thrones pop figure. Oh, awesome. Um, I got to tour all of the toy booths, of course. I got to see all the sweet, sweet Star Wars and Marvel toys coming out of Hasbro. And there's a lot of cool figures coming out, guys. If you collect Marvel Legends, it's 
there's never been a better time to collect Marvel figures than right now. Um, even that includes the Toy Biz days. Uh, you know, Sideshow is always an amazing booth. The Marvel booth is always packed. But I did get, like, within, like, hey, I you can see me and I can see you of Michael Rooker. Oh, nice. So that was kind of cool. Um, I, did, I got a couple of uh, the Guardians two lithographs they were given away with the concept art on it. Um, yeah, so it was a good time. Um, some of the panels I covered, I got to do cover the Mouse Guard panel, which was a ton of fun. Um, if you haven't read Mouse Guard, you guys need to get on that. Because um, now there's a movie coming out, which is also being written by uh, Gary Whitta. Um, you know, he wrote, he wrote some movie called Rogue One that's coming out in December. Oh, that? Oh, yeah. Some, yeah. Something, yeah. Something. Uh, you that know, thing might... with the siren in it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I got to cover, you know, the Hasbro Marvel panel where they announced they're making a Sue Storm figure for all you tinfoil hat people. <laughs> um, that's a know, deep tinfoil like hat one, too, because they're gone, gone. Yeah, they're yeah. in the comics, so. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, let's see what else did I get to do. Um, did you get to um, question? Like, did you? Uh, were there any like movies or anything you got to see? Like a maybe there might have been one. <laughs> um, there was a lot of Pokemon stuff going on out there. Oh, I could imagine that was before the game sucked. It sucks now. <laughs> I don't know if it sucks. I, you know, they need to be more honest and upfront with people about what's going on with that game. Yeah. If the, if the, the company the would just gone. yeah. Um. But yeah, like there was pokey stops like every ten feet, and all of them had lures twenty four oh, hours God. a day. Oh, I believe it. Every day, it was it was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, uh, nothing else of interest really happened. So no, you can know, you know, nothing. Right, people, people are gonna kill me if I don't force you to tell this story on the show. You, you, this uh, is you got to tell it one last time because now it'll be recorded. So now any other yeah, time now, that now, someone now. wants you to tell the story, you could just play it for them. Yeah, I just like go listen to this podcast. Exactly. Um, so I did one other thing. I did get to do. Um, I did get to see the world premiere. Depending on if you have access to BitTorrent, <laughs> of the uh, the animated film, The Killing Joke, and uh, you know, the Killing Joke part of it's fine. <laughs> Um, that part of the movie, if, if you're a fan of that graphic novel, if you're a fan of Alan Moore, if you're a fan of Mark Hamill as the Joker or Kevin Conroy as Batman, that part of the movie is great. They did a great job adapting it. A lot of it's shot for shot from the book. Um, they did add some things here and there, but it fits pretty seamlessly in with everything else. So you don't really notice, um, and then they made the prologue, if you will, to the Killing Joke because one one of the first things um, the writer and producer uh, producers of the film came out and said at the panel before the screening was, you know, when we looked at the Killing Joke, there wasn't really enough here for a movie, and I was just like, you know, I I guess that just means you shouldn't do the movie, right? Like, or you could just make that the short film and include it on a DVD or something and sell a crap ton of DVDs that way. 
but they went in a different direction. And uh, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet, but that, I, it's uh, a well. Okay, I I will end up seeing it, but I'm I am also okay if uh, I'm okay with spoilers. So spoilers, by the way, to anybody who has yeah, not spoilers seen for it the yet. Killing Joke. Yeah, if you haven't read it or seen the movie or whatever. Um, at the beginning of the film, they do what amounts to about a 25 minute or so, like prologue to the Killing Joke, starring Barbara Gordon. Um, as Batgirl, of course. Right. Um, trying, helping, trying to help Batman take down um, a gangster and stuff like that. But um, the characterization of Barbara leaves a lot to be desired. Um, she has sex with Bruce on a on a rooftop. Yeah, they're, I saw that clip. That's... Yeah, it's when they're like battling back and forth and arguing about whether she's too close to the situation. She pins him on the ground and for whatever reason is like, oh, we're about to kiss. And she even makes that face. And then she starts kissing Bruce who has no reaction whatsoever, by the way. And then she just sits up and takes her cowl and top off and the gargoyles watch them have sex. And then from there, okay. <laughs> from there, um, you know, she's basically treated as like your token jilted lover. Um, she's like, she just pines for Bruce the whole time. And she's, Oh, by the way, she also has a token gay friend whose name nobody can remember because literally the only thing you need to know about him is he's gay <laughs> and, uh, it, it's awful. And then like, it's so bad that at the end where she's finally gotten the upper hand and she's knocking out the bad guy, Right before she lands the last punch, he says to her, must be that time of the month. Oh, my God. And you're just like, what? <sighs> oh, by the way, the crowd loved that. That was the worst part of the whole thing. That line killed at the screening. I'm just looking around like, you've got to be kidding me. So anyway, the you know the movie ends. Now we're going into the story. The Q&A starts, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm thinking, I'm mad after all of this and the people I saw the movie around me were mad and uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like okay well you know this Q&A is about to start they're going to roast these guys for this stuff right nope not happening at all nobody's people are asking questions um, you know how hard was it to adopt, adapt the killing joke you know things they covered at the panel before the movie started that these people were in the room for and, like, if the Joker and Batman switched sides, you know, I think that'd be really interesting. Do you think that'd be really interesting? <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm just getting more and more and more and more angry. And uh, finally, the very last question, um, a Joker cosplayer stopped, stepped up to the microphone and, asked, and said, you know, Barbara Gordon is one of the pillars of strength in female fandom as far as heroes go. Why did you make this? Why did you portray her this way in this movie? And they started giving these really bad answers, like, "Well, we still feel like um, that she is portrayed strongly because this this reason, and she walks away from." By the way, she stops being Batgirl at the end. Um, oh God! That's what causes her to stop being Batgirl because she's just not sure she could be around Bruce anymore, and. Uh, you know, they start talking about that more, and I'm getting mad. 
and I did the one thing you shouldn't do as a reporter and a journalist, and I'll own up to that. Um, I can't remember now if it was Brian or Bruce. They said something along the lines of, and that's Barbara walking away from Bruce. That's how we show her in this film as a strong character. And I piped up from the audience. I said, you mean by having sex with Bruce and then pining after him? To which um, the panel said, excuse me, what was that? And as they said that, people in the crowd were either cheering or booing. There was some boos, there was some cheers, but it was loud. Because there was a lot of people in the room still. And I repeated myself, but because they didn't hear me... Um, Brian Azzarello from the stage said, and, you know, language for the little ones or people who may be in the room. I think I dropped an F-bomb earlier. I think we already crossed it. But uh, he said, you want to repeat that, you pussy? Oh. In my direction. And which got an audible gasp in Ballroom 20. And... Bruce Tim tried started going in. I to be honest with you, I don't remember a lot of what Bruce what was said after that because I was like, what just happened? And uh, you know, things shouldn't have gotten that contentious. And I take responsibility for that, but um, he also shouldn't have said that. Right. What pe- people are calling out misogyny and your portrayal of a female character that is not really the word you exactly. want to say. It's- say into a microphone from the stage that is like the second or third worst word he could have used in that scenario <laughs> like it's right up no there. it's it might well it's one of them right but uh so it got really contentious and right after that you know bruce tim being bruce tim he tried to calm things down he did an, an okay job but they really hurried up and ended the q a right there um so that happened and I was just sitting there thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? <laughs> and yes, yes, it was a thing. And it's um, been a thing. And it's been a th- it continues even today to be a thing. <laughs> um, you know, it happened. It was it was a thing <laughs> that happened. Did he try to like um, take you out back and fight you after? No, I That's did not I... go anywhere near okay. him. <laughs> but uh, and I, I mean, you know, I would have talked to him if I if, <laughs> If the opportunity presented itself, I talked to him and I asked him more questions directly. And, you know, why did you feel the need to why does he usually feel the need to portray female characters this way? He doesn't have a really good track record with that, Um, you know. And I understand going to bat for your vision and your story. And I understand all of that. And that's all well and good. But you just you you can't do that. (laughs) Right. Exactly. there was thousands of people in that room. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, the story got picked up in a lot of places that I never thought I'd see my name. <laughs> that must and be it was, surreal to go it to was, these sites. It was, and... Surreal is the word, I guess, but it it was more like awkward. It's like, uh, this is, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of weird. And then like walking around the show after the story started going around everywhere on Saturday like people started recognizing my name and my outlet on the badge and like some people were cool about it and they'd be like they'd say, you know, they'd just be like, Hey, you know, stuff happens or whatever or, you know, the piece your apology was great or whatever and or there would be people that would call, you know, 
it was just a movie, man, or it's just animation. You know, you shouldn't take it so seriously, and you just kind of drift away from their table as they're saying it. And it it it, it was really really strange. Like complete strangers knew who I was. <laughs> That's amazing. People, I I like what listening to podcasts that I routinely listen to on a regular basis, or people that I really respect, like film from film and television, like. Like they were talking about this, and it was very weird to hear to hear people talking about this thing, and it's just, it kind of took on a little bit of a life of its own. Um, but you know, shit happens, I guess. Uh, I I said my piece about it. Uh, I you know, as a journalist, you have to be better than that. You can't let your emotions get in the way like that. But you know, you you still can't do what he did. And right, exactly. He, he did apologize on Twitter, and then as soon as he found out who I wrote for, took it back. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I probably won't be getting in his line at the next con <laughs> to go up and be like, "Hey!" But uh, yeah, it was it was really it was surreal is a good word. I'd say surreal. It's still surreal because right. it's still happening. It's... I just got I just got called a. Marvel loving social justice warrior bitch boy today on Twitter in a DM. Oh yeah, I turn, I've got to turn my public DMs off. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. You're getting but, uh, you're getting mainstream now. You got to turn those off. So, but but I I also made the mistake yesterday of not like I didn't tweet that like that I agreed with the Suicide Squad reviews and that because obviously I haven't seen it yet. I'm not seeing it until tomorrow. But it's like don't if somebody didn't like a movie, they didn't like a movie. That's 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 it. Does it mean that you have to hate the movie now or that if you like the movie that you're wrong, somebody else didn't like it? And if it's the vast majority, so what? I like a lot of things that people don't like. So anyway, that's that's what that was the big thing that happened at Comic Con. Like after that it was like by Sunday I was just kinda walking around in a daze, like I just I don't really know. Like, cause that's when stuff, that's when I started getting like Twitter messages and all kinds of things. And it was just like, okay, well this is getting to be too much now. Right. So, well, I mean, it, if, if nothing else, you can say this will probably be the most memorable Comic-Con that you've yeah, had. In, the, you've in had that, somewhere? in that regard. Yeah. Right. My, my most memorable Comic-Con was probably last year because of the Star Wars the Star stuff. Wars stuff and then right. just, it was just, it was just a really great time that year. Um, and but like there was a lot of stressful stuff that happened out of San Diego this year like besides that that had nothing to do with the con that I had to deal with so that it it was just like the number one theme of comic con for me this year was just stress i was stressed oh, out the entire time i was there yeah. <laughs> from from the time we touched down San Diego and everybody i was with catching amazing pokemon and the app not loading for me to everything that happened at the killing joke panel through the rest of the weekend it was just it was kind of just a big ball of stress this year all the way up to uh today where you have what do you call it what's your disease con 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 crud yeah con crud yeah that was the other part too like i got sick so that's (laughs) so like just just no just doesn't stop it's a little piece of comic-con sticking with you all the way back to the great state of ohio yeah, so there you I go. Did, I did wear all my calves, a bunch of calves stuff. 
Represent. While I was there, people were giving me the dirty eye. Great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. We beat you. <laughs> exactly. Screw that. Oh, I would have loved to do that. Just yeah, but that. That, but that was my Comic Con experience this year. Well, there you go. There's our yearly report. Thank you for checking in this year, Jeremy <laughs> from San Diego. Yeah. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's show. <laughs> we'll be back with you next. With uh, less exciting stories, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be up there. We'll talk some Harley Quinn. We got uh, what new Su- the Suicide Squad book came out today. The Suicide movie, movie is coming out tomorrow. Um, all kinds of fun stuff like that. We'll have to talk with you on Monday. Um, and uh, all that and so much more. So uh, thanks for listening. Once again, I am Eric, and with me, as always, Jeremy. And we will see you next time. Check us out on iTunes and tell your friends.